Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Life Series, Part 2, by Tattooed Laura on AO3. Rating, General Audiences. Chapter 1, Superman. Recap. Moose and Squirrel are at Mama Scully's house. After a six, seven, whatever week, let's drive around America road trip, which included broken legs, cancer scares, plenty of cuddling, and the occasional bout of liquored up goodness. Letting her go after a few minutes, they discover the lights had mysteriously been turned off in the living room, the space now empty of heckling relatives and encouraging mothers. Mulder, his arm now around her waist, continued to look down at her stocking feet and his cast hovering below until he felt her lift his face to hers. Didn't I say we should keep this quiet for a little bit? Yeah, I tried my best, but shit happens. Knowing she wasn't mad, he asked anyways. Gonna kill me in my sleep tonight for it? I just might. Now we have to go in there and see all of them staring at us, commenting and winking and nudging, and if I know Charlie and Dave, exchanging money as bets are collected. With a head wiggling and a glinting eye, we could always just sneak out, go back to your place, my place, I don't care where place, and climb into bed, and let me kiss on you some more until you absolutely can't stand it anymore, and insist on having sex with me. Oh, the thoughts. Oh, the ideas. Oh, the quaint little spasmoic head nodding she did in agreement with each and every one of his previous statements. Kissing her chin once she stopped her emphatic agreement, Mulder suddenly yelled over her shoulder towards the fairly loud kitchen. Maggie, we're leaving. Thanks for dinner. Shut up, Dave. Get your mind out of the gutter, Charlie. But it seems appropriate. Only your brother, Scully, would yell that in front of your mother. Maggie came down the hall, turning the lights back on as she walked in. Get yourselves in the kitchen and eat your dessert. The ice cream's nearly melted, and you can wait another 20 minutes to leave. Giving them a knowing smile. I assume 20 minutes will not, in fact, kill you, correct? Mulder returned her grin, shrugged, but didn't let go of Scully. For you, Maggie, 25. Scully followed Mulder, who followed Maggie entering the kitchen to find pie and spoons and sticky children and Charlie counting a wad of bills. As she walked by, Scully neatly snatched the handful from her brother. Thank you very much. Attempting to swipe the cash back, Charlie fell off the chair and nearly took out Mulder in the process, the chair skittering across and smacking Maggie in the shins. Immediately, she held her hands up. Stop. Everybody. Now. Two children had spoons on the way to their mouths, and Charlie remained sprawled on the floor. Scully had her hand inconveniently on Mulder's butt, her hand wrapping in and around his pants pocket and a stupidly useless gesture of assistance. But it didn't help, and his teetering turned to crashing, directly on top of Charlie. Oh God, came the muffled response of the large man below Mulder. You are not as light as I figured you'd be. Holy God, get off of me. He was laughing as he said it, however and waited until someone helped Mulder off him instead of the brotherly response of shoving and pushing to get free. Joanna and Dave got him standing, and while he tottered, Wes, the six-year-old, began laughing, pointing towards Mulder's backside. 
You have on Superman underwear. Scully finally woke up to the chaos and realized she was holding Mulder's back pocket in her hand, and a large flap of material now revealed Mulder's undergarment of choice. Mulder's hand felt his now air-conditioned shorts and nodding his head. Thank God they weren't my Spider-Girl ones, because those would have been embarrassing. Eventually, somehow, nearly intact and miraculously unhurt, both were back in the car, Scully not speaking until they were around the corner, down the street, and next to the darkened spot. Turning off the car, she put her head back against the seat. Good Lord, we really just should have stayed at the cottage another day. Why? You didn't enjoy making out on the stairs while everyone cheered us on, then collecting 125 bucks from your brother, whom I then attempted to squash into oblivion before my pants ripped all to hell, revealing my oh-so-super-sexy Spider-Man underwear. Because, let me tell you, I sure did. The faint light from the full moon and the distant streetlights made his teeth shine as he grinned. You realize, if you can actually get me up to my apartment or yours unscathed, it'll be one of those miracles you Catholic people are always raving about. You realize if we actually attempted any kind of sex tonight, there's a good chance it would kill you? It began with a chuckle, which inevitably moved to snorting giggles and finally full-on, window-steaming laughter of the likes which the car shook. After wiping tears and blowing noses, Scully's hiccuping squeaks subsided, and he looked over at her, eyes darting. But it would be the best way to go. Another brief paroxysm overtook them, but finally under control. Scully started the car again. I say your place. It's closer, and there's an elevator. Home, James. Finally, finally, finally parking, climbing, swinging, riding, waiting, unlocking, entering, and closing. Scully dropped the two main bags she was carrying. I have never been so glad to see this place, and given you probably forgot to empty the fridge before you left, that's saying something. Resting on his crunches, he beckoned her over to him, wrapping his arms around her as best he could, leaning into her, nose nuzzled in her hair. Thank you for getting me home. I love you very much for it. Voice muffled against him. I just didn't want to have to deal with the funeral arrangements. I'll take what I can get. Standing silent for a few moments, Scully pulled back. We need some sleep. You want to shower now or in the morning? Depends on when I can get some company. Morning has a lot better outlook for that. Then bed it is. Letting her go long enough to hobble to the mattress, he propped his crutches, dropped his pants, and after his now-routine snuggle to free his cast from his shorts, he flopped back onto the mattress, wrinkling his nose immediately. I totally didn't change the sheets before I left either. Are they crunchy? like a stale bag of potato chips. An hour later, they had put on fresh sheets, cleaned out the fridge, taken out the trash, opened all the windows to air the place out, and probably woke up the entire building, clearing the air from the pipes. Finally, dropping back into bed, Mulder took all of 30 seconds to fall fast asleep, snoring lightly into the now clean, smelling air, while Scully, having passed the crucial and all-important threshold from must sleep now to shit, I'm going to be awake for the rest of the night, was counting sheep, singing songs in her head, and staring at several cracks in Mulder's ceiling.
She contemplated, hesitated, debated on how just to proceed next. She found herself shutting her brain off and sliding her leg over molders, then her arm, then ignoring the fact that it was nearly midnight. She slid herself up and onto her partner, legs straddling, body upright, shirt tugged over her head as she settled onto his hips. Inching her hands below his shirt and up his chest, she was half leaned over, mouth opened, to whisper him awake. And he rolled over, knocking her off balance and onto the floor, a near silent thud announcing her landing to no one except herself, because Mulder just kept on snoring. Hand now off the mattress, fingers dangling. Reaching up, she slid her shirt from under his arm and pulling it back on, climbed off the floor, deciding a night cruising the couch wouldn't be such a bad thing, given at least she wouldn't have to stare at the weird-shaped cracks in Mulder's bedroom ceiling. It wasn't long before she heard the telltale crack of metal crutches and the soft shuffle, heavy thump tread of sleepy Mulder wandering his way towards her. Looking up from her channel surfing, she smiled, her face glowing blue from both fish tank and television. Hi there. How come you're awake? Not answering until he stood beside her, resting his crutches on the wall. No idea. I couldn't find you in bed and thought maybe you were taking a midnight stroll by the ocean. And then I realized we weren't by the ocean, but I was already up, so I figured. He ran out of steam and sat down. I miss the waves. Can we go back? I've had enough of this place for a while. Curling against him immediately, she tucked her feet under her, settling in for a comfortable nap. We've been back for six hours. Exactly. Enough of this nonsense. Let's go back. I want to wake up with you in the big old bed and all the windows and eat M&Ms until we do something drastic like take a nap or go swimming. Mulder, yeah, this is going to be good. Collaring her for a moment, he spoke into the top of her head, warm breath, ruffling her flyaway hairs. Yeah, it is. Chapter 2 Monday Monday was terrible. Mulder's dress shirt was too tight against his neck. Scully's nylons itched something fierce and would not stay where they were supposed to. Skinner seemed louder than they remembered, and the file folders seemed more dry and sharper along the edges, paper cuts lurking very near in the future. Mulder's cast banged into every available obstacle, including Scully on several occasions, tripping her up, sending her stumbling into a wall at one point and a door the next, apologizing profusely from the safety of his office chair. I promise you, I'm not trying to kill you. Smiling at him, she massaged her heel. I'll survive. Mulder dropped his head to the desk. Can we please go back on vacation? You keep bringing that up. I'm beginning to believe you are not quite as committed to your job as you once were. Lifting his head, he looked at her, awkwardly, trying to undo his top button without moving more than a few centimeters. I will be, just right now. My God, or your God, as it were. Why the hell can't we wear t-shirts and shorts? As she settled into the chair across from him, and Kick slid her heels across the room, because people wouldn't take you seriously in your garish plaid shorts and Smurfs t-shirt, regardless of how many times you showed them your badge. You don't like my garish plaid shorts and my Smurf t-shirt? Well, no, 
I mean people in general. I, not being your average person, love your garish plaid shorts and Smurf t-shirt. I like you in my Smurf t-shirt as well. Giving him a soft smile, complete with that hint of pink filling her cheeks, quickly rising from neck to forehead. It is a very comfortable shirt. The look went on a little longer than it should have, and Mulder broke the tension with a groan. The thing is, I can't even go out and do any real work for at least another two weeks. Minimum, Mulder. That's the bare minimum. You may have to convince Skinner to let you go do interviews, but until those pins come out and you can actually walk and run again, we won't be doing much else, so accept it now, or I'll be eviscerating you round about Thursday because of your whining. Holding out her hand. Now let's see what we've missed. Hand me something, please. Monday evening, just as they were pulling back up in front of Scully's apartment, her turn to play host and their chosen destination for cleaning and unpacking, her phone rang. It didn't take long for Mulder to deduce that she would be going somewhere and he would be left behind. Once she hung up, she turned his way. This feels an awful lot like just before we left. Another mass grave? No, but I need to go to Idaho while you, my casted friend, are about to get a call telling you you're needed for some profiling up in Maine. How was all he got out before his phone jingled in his pocket, signaling she was right and he was going to be lonely? All the dominoes fell in line soon after that, Scully flying out to one side of the country while Mulder, navigating the airport with his crutches, headed to the other. As soon as he was settled in his seat, priority boarding getting him on the plane first and awarding him ample time to complain to Scully before either of them took off. Why can't I just come with you and they can email the files to me? It's not like I really have to physically be sitting at the crime scene to do this. She was stuck sitting in the waiting area between a gentleman wearing too much cologne and a woman with three bags and a purse look on her face. Wondering if she was sucking on a lemon, none of them could see. She texted back, leaning forward to get away from both of them, forearms resting on her carry-on. You know you work better when you're at the scene, walking around, looking at things, touching things. It's when you do your best profiling, Mulder. Sighing, I know, but I'm complaining because I won't get to see you for who knows how long. I want my ten seconds of bitching and I will not be denied. A chuckle skipped up her throat, forcing her shoulders to jump, and the haughty woman to look at her with disdain. Scully was okay with this. Let me know when you're done, so I can complain next. They went on for another ten minutes, until Mulder sent her a message containing a smiley and a love you, fly safe. Even though he wouldn't see it until he landed, she responded in kind, then slouched back in her seat, happy to see that the cologne man had left, her airfield clear once again. Eventually, she made it to her hotel room a little after 2 a.m. Cursing the existence of time zones, turbulence, and taxi cabs, whose drivers seemed to have no idea where anything was in Boise. Irritated to no end, she dropped her bags on the bed, did her standard bed bug check, thankfully turned up nothing, then pulled out her phone. If you are awake, I hate Idaho and everything it stands for. I will not be eating potatoes in protest while I am here. Immediately, her phone rang, startling her, causing her to nearly drop the thing as she answered it. Mulder? Morning, sunshine. Have a pleasant trip so far? His voice made her smile, 
which he could hear on his end, and it made him happy. It's a tad more pleasant now. Why are you awake? It's 2 a.m. Where you are, but where I am, it's nearly 5.30, and the sun is just coming up. Sleep deprivation, and the long ride made her forget the time change. Gonna be a long day now, isn't it? Probably, but that's all right. Rather have you wake me up than anything else. Stretching across his double bed, both bed and body creaking and popping. So in all great seriousness, when are we going on vacation again? Having already stripped while talking to him and pulled on her pajamas, she laughed. We need to work a few weeks, build up some vacation time, before we go anywhere. You are no fun this morning. Knowing he was only joking, she looked down at her wardrobe choice. Well, if I tell you that I'm wearing only your purple Grimace shirt to bed, will that make me more fun? Infinitely. If I ask you to take it off and do things while you tell me what you're doing, it'd be even more fun. That worked on her parts quite efficiently, but knowing she needed sleep more, she slid under the sheet still clothed. Sorry, buddy. Exhaustion calls. But eventually, you'll get me out of the Grimace shirt. I promise. I'll hold you to that. Whispering his goodnight, he let her go to sleep while he started his day. Chapter 3. Cheesy Puffs She was all set and dressed for another day of work when the call came in. Overnight, they picked up the suspect, meaning no more bodies, no more scalpels, no more Dana and scrubs and masks. Happily, she went back to sleep for another hour before heading to the station to wrap up her end of paperwork. While waiting on the final signature for somebody she couldn't remember the name of, she used the power of her government agency and got herself on a flight, leaving at four that afternoon, which put her back in Washington at the ripe old time of 1 a.m. Deciding to withhold that information from Mulder for surprise sake, she waited impatiently to leave, to board, to fly, to drive, until she reached his apartment. Fleetingly, she wondered when she'd get to sleep in her own bed, in her own corner of the universe, but then, grabbing her carry-on, she found herself grinning at the prospect of sleeping in his. She moved in silence, taking her shoes off once she got off the elevator, not wanting her heels to click him awake, preferring to surprise him in other, more entertaining ways. She never should have worried about waking him with the sounds of her hallway walk, given even before she slid her key in the lock, she heard noise. Figuring it had to be the TV while he dozed on the couch, she opened the door, put her luggage in first, then pushing it in the rest of the way, stopped dead when she saw Frohickey, Langley, Byers, and Mulder all turn in unison towards her, holding handfuls of playing cards, empty Cheeto bags and beer bottles, littering any and all flat surfaces. Mulder was the first to stand, immediately tipping sideways and grabbing Frohickey's balding head to keep his balance, his cast having slipped on a forgotten pretzel bag. A scully? Standing there, she had absolutely no idea where to go or what to do, given she had her luggage at her feet, her blouse three buttons to the wind, her shoes in one hand, her keys still dangling from the other. Her mouth, she felt, had opened in surprise, but she couldn't seem to shut it. Instead, gaping like a fish, not able to come up with a single word to explain her, I'm home and here to spend the night stature. The gunman, once they stopped throwing each other triumphant looks out of the corners of their eyes, began to poise to clean up the game 
and run like hell from the house, to dance in the hallway in ecstatic jubilation that at least one of them might be gained some kind of sex in the future. She stopped them, however, holding up her hand. Wait, keep your game. I'm going to head back home. I just came by to... to check on Mulder's leg, make sure he hadn't done anything stupid while he was away. Mulder's face broke into a grin, eyes never leaving hers, even though hers tried to escape his gaze. Actually, boys, get out. I'll clean up and cash you out later. Langley, because he was Langley. How are you going to remember who's who? I'll write it down. Now get out. But I started with... Mulder gave Frohickey a look, who in turn shoved Langley out of his chair. Come on, Goldilocks. Mom and Dad want some alone time, and they don't give a rip about your money at the moment. Wanting to both smack and kiss the man, Mulder simply stood, waiting while coats were pulled on and boots were tied. Each of the three gunmen respectfully tipped hats or nodded as they filed by Scully. Careful to keep their amusement to a minimum, lest she kill them with two fingers and a high heel. Once the door closed behind her and she locked it with a twist and a tug of the handle, she turned back towards him, sheepish look abounding. I really should go. I didn't mean to interrupt your game. With shoulders raised and arms out in a conciliatory gesture. What game? Giving a nod towards the footwear still dangling from her fingers. Would you please put those down and come here so I can kiss you? Clattering shoes signaled her obedience and... After weaving through the sea of bottles, she made it to him. Sorry for crashing the party. Sorry I didn't know you were coming. I'd have at least showered and not had Larry, Daryl, and Daryl here for embarrassment factors. The next thing he heard was her chuckle before her lips tentatively brushed his, hesitant and upturned, a full-on grin moments away, tongues then wetting both mouths before she came in again, hesitancy gone as her body pressed against him. Standing there, In the well-lit room, the smell of Fritos hanging in the air, the fish tank burbling in the background, she moved her hand to his hair, and just starting to glide her fingers through it, she ran into a stray chunk of something dusty and crunchy, resembling a cheesy puff, and removing it, indeed, found a cheesy puff. Pulling away from his mouth, she was highly amused. He followed her nearly two inches before he woke up from his stupor, realizing she wanted to speak giving her a slow smile, eyes half shut, lips warm and wet. Where are you going? Stepping half a foot back, she held out the food formally trapped in his hair. Did you have a food fight? Mulder immediately ran his hands over his head. Shit, I thought I got all those. Yeah, well, Byers threw what he thought was an empty bag at my head, but there were some crumbs left. Apparently I missed some in the cleanup process. She couldn't get past Byers doing something so unbuyerly. Was he drunk or drugged at the time? No, just pissed I had the jack he was looking for. Cards turn him into a completely different person, a mere mortal if you want to get down to name-calling. With a smile, she pointed down the hall. Shower, Mulder. I don't need to be finding snacks in the mattress. Eyebrow cocked. So, stay in the night? Just go shower. He clunk stepped his way quickly towards the bathroom while Scully debated for roughly four seconds about cleaning up, then said a mental, fuck it, and moved to the bedroom. Under the covers in record time, enjoying immensely the mattress that didn't reek of hotel, motel, don't ask, don't tell. 
nearly 2.30 a.m. by the time he turned off the last light in the living room. He did his best to walk quietly to bed, figuring she had to be dead asleep by now. Shuffling in behind her, the first thing he registered was skin. Not the type of skin that appears because the tank top shifted slightly off her shoulder or the pajama pants scooted down her hip a little, but honest to God, vast expanse of smooth as silk skin running from peak shoulder blade through deep dip in the back to swell of ass. One quarter of a heartbeat, half a breath, a twitch of a muscle later, his mouth was by her ear. You are beautiful in the dark. A hitch in her, thank you, muffled by bated breath, pulled him to her mouth, supple, open to him, waiting for years of memories, years of stares and gazes and endless utter flirtatious nonsense to finally end its game. He moved away, however, after one frustrating little gaze of his tongue against her, and she nearly pounded the mattress in frustration at his departure, until she stupidly realized he was only moving to get his clothes off. Her embarrassment would have normally turned her red, flustered her, made her apologize, but before any thoughts could form beyond, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, come back, he was indeed back, the weight of him on her, his boot knocking her ankle, his bony knees sinking in the bed beside her thigh. It was a welcome and dreamed of heaviness, and it sent her clit thrumming, muscles tightening at the thought of the next two minutes to 75 years of pure mind-addling sex with him. The problem was, he focused first on her mouth, which was wonderful, his hands moving over her gently, reverently, then he drifted down to her neck, which escalated things quite a bit, then to her collarbone, shoulder, crook of elbow, and delicateness of wrists, fingertips and palm, rib cage, and finally, up curve of breast, hot breath on cool skin, moist lips on favored flesh. She'd had enough. Mulder, you know, his mouth suckling, how much I love, hand holding breast, you and appreciate you taking things, lips moving slowly over breastbone, slowly, but I'm going to be, thigh running lightly against thigh, crude for a moment, if that's all right. Nodding into the dip of her neck, which she arched back, giving full access to throat and hollow. I like it crude at times. She took his face in both hands, pulling him up and away so she could look at his face. I need you to fuck me, right now. I vote for all the foreplay in the world, hours upon hours of touching, kissing, licking, sucking, the whole nine yards. Later. But now, I need you to fuck me like there's no tomorrow. Any position, anywhere, I don't care. I just need you to fuck me. He had never laughed so hard in his life, in bed or otherwise, and collapsing on her, body shaking as he gasped for breath. Holy shit, when you said crude, I just, I had no idea. He then felt her chuckle, her inhale erratic, and her exhale filled with giggles, her arms sliding over his back, kneading the muscles she found, her hands finding his well-sculpted ass after a moment, and pulling him flush to her. It was, however, her whispered, I wasn't kidding, that calmed him enough to kiss her, position himself, and slide his way in, full length, quick, deep, and hard. Her answering gasp, still flirting with giggles, made him grin. I never thought you were kidding. I just never expected you to order me around in bed. With each thrust, she lost more of the English language, 
sentence structure collapsing under the chuffing of breath, the thwopping of skin, the rhythmic creak of the bed, all of which became faster, more urgent as the seconds passed. She lost color next, room darkening, her vision tunneling around the building pressure between them. Mulder blurred, spun. She shut her eyes against the sheer ecstasy of him inside her, around her, surrounding her. His hand suddenly between them, thumb on clit, balls swinging a rhythmic beat against her. She came, eyes sparkling behind closed lids, and breath held, clenched fist, pulling sheets off the corner of the mattress, cloth tangling as her head twisted, a low moan escaping into the pillow, her muscles pulling him along with her, milking every last drop until his head fell against her breast, pillowing him as he grasped for a lungful of air. Eventually, her world refocused, eyes opened, sense of Mulder's weight comfortably atop her. Looking over his shoulder, she smiled, then nudged his forehead with her chin. You awake? An acknowledging muffled yeah reached her ears. Then he lifted his head. Sup. Her grin grew. Second, we will address the use of sup in bed over breakfast tomorrow. But first, have you noticed your leg at all? Eyebrows scrunching in the illusion of deep thought, he responded in beautiful molder fashion. Yes, because who gives a flying crap that the love of my universe is naked beneath me when I have a leg and holy mother of pearl, it's attached. No, I have not noticed my leg. She laughed, a low, reverberating chuckle that carried its way through Mulder's chest. Smartass. No, I mean, did you realize that I'm sure we just had some fairly, well, astronomically good sex? To continue your space theme, endearing it, you had your casted legs sticking up in the air the entire time? Looking over his shoulder as well, he nodded his surprise. Huh. Must have kept it up so it didn't rub on you. That would explain why my knee's aching like it is. Immediately, she slid up and over, helping him lay down on his back, his relieved groan hitting her ears. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have been on top. Mulder grabbed her face, pulling her down to kiss him. You say the nicest things in bed. As she swung, once again, not kidding. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>